This is Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. If you drive long haul, short haul, or heavy haul, they're here to empower and inspire women in the trades on TNCRadio.live. So gear down, sit back, and enjoy. Welcome to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy DeCaro. We're a show designed to inspire and empower women in trucking, in the trades, and everywhere with informative guests, experts, celebrities, and people who are champions for women. I'm Shelley, and... I'm Kathy. Every topic can be discussed on our rig, and we want women to be the very best they can be. We like to interview people who offer guidance to women on topics that can empower them. There are many trauma survivors, and it's not always talked about, but there is hope to overcoming trauma. Sandra Coos maintains that trauma is not a life sentence. That's a bold statement she makes as a trauma survivor herself. She's an intuitive trauma release and self-empowerment coach, Reiki master and teacher, published author and certified traumatic incident reduction facilitator. She wrote the book, Journey to Yourself, How to Heal from Trauma. Sandra maintains that healing from trauma is not a linear process, it's multidimensional. She's with us today to provide some very helpful insight to our listeners. Thank you so much for being with us, Sandra. Hi, Shelley and Kathy. Thank you so much for having me. So if you wouldn't mind, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you help people with trauma. Well, I'm an intuitive trauma release and self-empowerment coach. I'm a certified traumatic incident reduction facilitator, published author, Reiki master teacher, and I'm the owner of Rise Above Your Story. Now, how I got here is a journey in itself. My story started when I was 12. I was molested. Then when I was 14, I was sexually harassed. When I was between 16 and 17, I was bullied in school. Between the age of 19 and 25, I was sexually assaulted multiple times. And with the age of 22, I was raped. Then after I went to see a psychologist a couple years after I was raped, he listened to me in the first session. And then afterward he said, I believe you already worked through it all. What am I supposed to do? Oh so my goodness. Yes, I basically hit rock bottom that day because I knew I needed help and modern medicine failed me. So I had to make a choice to either pull myself out of that hole by myself or stay down there and wither away. And I pulled myself out. Wow. Good for you. Oh, absolutely. That takes tremendous strength. And how unfortunate that you're basically being told, just get over it, right? Yeah, from a doctor. And I couldn't believe that. I guess it was in the late 90s. And back then, I don't think they really understood what trauma really meant. Even doctors today don't really understand what it means. I agree with you on that one. Yep, 100%. They say, you know, oh, get over it, or here's some antidepressants. Well, you know what? I was told pills don't fix it, and I know pills don't fix it. You got to fix it. You got to figure it out. So, exactly. Yeah. But does it happen? Pills. No, me neither. Me neither. Thank God. Yes. <laughs> that's yeah. all I got to say. Because then I'd be addicted on something else. <laughs> exactly. That is true. And that's a scary thought. Yeah, here's yeah. a pill. Just just take a pill and, and yeah. get out of my office. And right. that's not helpful. And when you look at uh, people who abuse substances, alcohol, drugs, a lot of times the root cause is trauma. Exactly. 100%. And a lot of rehab centers don't even touch on that subject still. Yep, you're right. I was lucky enough that in my my center that I went to for women specifically, because um, Sandra, I don't know if you know, but I have my own personal story, which is almost exactly like yours you know abuse since i've been in a foster home since i was like age of three and four and then you know sexually assaulted as molested as a kid and then raped at 14 rape you know attempted rape at 15 drugged and raped at 18 gang raped at 19 and then i had extremely violent um uh um relationships where there's again spousal rape and so when not dealing with it um it it adds up right and it has to go somewhere and, you know, just like I say, um, when I give my, my workshops, 
when my years of nursing, when you look at wounds, external wounds, what happens when you don't take care of a, an, uh, of a cut, right? It becomes infected. And if you don't take care of the infection, it can go septic and it, you know, can eventually become gangrenous and kill you. Well, it's the same with the internal wounds, is it not? Right. If you don't yeah, take care yeah. of the internal wound, well, it's, it's got to do it. What does it do? It'll fester. It festers inside. And what happens when that festers? Do you make good decisions? No, because it, it affects your mental health. It affects the way you think. It affects the way you do things because you're carrying this around everywhere you go. And it, it, your, your self-esteem, I mean, uh, um, depression, uh, all sorts of addicting habits come out of that. Right. It's very true. I use a similar analogy with my clients and in my book. It's kind of funny. <laughs> What's well, the analogy I, I, that you use, Sandra? Um, the analogy I use is that when, how do you explain trauma, why we can't let it go? Mm-hmm. So I use the example of the paper cut. So you open a letter, you're really excited about it, and before you know it, you have a paper cut. So what do you do? You hold it under running water, maybe put a bandaid on it and forget about it. But really, what happened to that finger was it got traumatized. It has a cut. But you don't give it a light of day because you know your body is self-healing. So you're basically, you know, there will be scab on that cut and the scab will fall off once the skin underneath is healed. Now, our body is self-healing, but we're not taught that it's self-healing on all levels, which means trauma is also a wound. It's an emotional one. But we are being stuck in the story. We want the only way for us to heal is we believe we have to go back in time and make it unhappen, but we can't. And so we don't know how to release it because no one taught us. And with being stuck in a story, it's the same as if you would rip up the scab from the paper cut over and over again, and it has to continue bleeding. But if we allowed our body to do what it's meant to do to heal, then it can heal trauma as well. We just have to understand how. Why is it that people don't even know that they're harboring this kind of wound? It's like the brain stuffs it somewhere, but it's still there festering, and people can't grasp it to fix it. Well, I do believe because most our generation, generations before, we were taught to just suck it up. You know, it happened. You don't yeah. talk about it. You move on with your life. Right. And we're not allowed to talk about it. I remember me from Germany when the first time I openly talked about my trauma, my mother was like, well, what would the neighbors think if they see your story in a newspaper? <laughs> and oh. I was like, mom, <laughs> it would yeah. help them. You know, she couldn't understand because we're so conditioned to not talk about the bad things that happen because people will use that against you like talk about it and yeah you know so or, or we're taught that to what happened it was a long time ago what happens in the past stays in the past don't worry about it move on let it go exactly. <laughs> you know, all these things. but you, you can't just forget about it i mean no. you get the, the flashbacks that come all the time and i mean it's there right Exactly. At some point, the flashbacks are so bad, you can't ignore it anymore. Oh, I know. And, and that's you, how, yeah. like, I drank for a long time just to, to forget about it, to, to not, to hurt, to heal that pain. Well, really, it, it only numbs it. It doesn't really do anything. Yeah. It's very true. Stay tuned for more of Women Road Warriors, coming up. Industry movement Trucking Moves America Forward is telling the story of the industry. Our safety champions, the women of trucking, independent contractors, the next generation of truckers, and more. Help us promote the best of our industry. Share your story and what you love about trucking. Share images of a moment you're proud of. And join us on social media. Learn more at TruckingMovesAmerica.com. Welcome back to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. So, Sandra, how did you figure out how to get over trauma and really release it? Well, it was actually, I got like little bits and pieces that were like little aha moments. So, I'm very spiritual, and so I use spiritual practices in my 
healing practice as well, together with the regular trauma healing. And it started with a friend of mine. He was very spiritual and he was visiting me one day and he saw how miserable I was. And I remember this day so clearly. It's He was standing in my living room, hands on his hips with a stern face. He said, get a quartz crystal already. I had no idea what he was talking about. <laughs> so, but the thing is, um, I do believe that nature gives us everything we need to heal. And crystals have been scientifically proven to emit energy waves that can alter how the brain waves work. Let's not go too technical about this. So basically I got a quartz crystal, took it to bed with me every night, held it in my hands. And after about three months, I felt like a completely different person. Wow. So that was my introduction to spirituality, natural healing, and the beginning of my healing journey. Then I had my last boyfriend before I met my husband. We were dating for two months, I guess. And I was in the habit of sabotaging every relationship I had because of the trauma, but I didn't realize that. So when we broke up, he actually gave me a big piece of the puzzle. He said he had just been in a relationship with a woman with mental issues and he didn't want to have another one. It wasn't me and it was just matter-of-factly. And looking back, I'm so grateful for him for saying that because for the first time, I really looked at myself, looked at what I was doing in a relationship, how I was sabotaging it. It starts out great and then it just all goes crazy because I was calling friends all the time. I was always doubting them that they were really faithful and things like that. And I just drove them away. Mm -hmm. And so then I was sitting down with me and for the first time really looking at myself. And I said, well, I don't want to have another relationship until I'm the woman I want to be in a relationship. So and I think that really was that point where I learned to release trauma. We have to go within. We may not like what we see. It may be terrifying what we see because we don't like it but that's a huge part of the process going within to release the trauma to understand it you know you were talking about sabotaging relationships uh, I, I think trauma victims quite often have either a real trust issue which is understandable or they actually seek out people unconsciously not realizing it who are a lot like the abusers they've encountered yes that's very true because they're in the same vibrational energy let's put it this way they have the same attachments you know and the more you heal the more you attract other people in your life because you're no longer that person you don't have that baggage anymore kathy would you say that you attracted people that were similar to some of the the abusers you encountered or well <laughs> i was drinking and you make good decisions when you're drinking so no, no. <laughs> not really so i mean i i got no yeah no <laughs> i mean i i Oh my God. The second one, I went from bad to worse. I got rid of the one and it took, I was drinking the whole time. And when I finally got rid of him, I mean, I went from, what does they say it from the boiling pot into the fire? You know, I went from bad to worse and it's, it took me just like you said, like, but um, for me, I couldn't do it alone. I was, I had so much uh, internal, like it was so heavy for me that I actually, I had to go, I went to, I found a, a faith-based uh, Christian program for women where you live there for an entire year and you get paid 262 bucks a month. That's all you, that's all you live off, but you have your own room. You have a roof over your head, a safe place to go. Um, you had uh, recovery um, Monday to Friday from nine to four. We had Bible study every morning so we can get grounded. And then we learn about boundaries. I had to ask my counselor at 40 years old, what does that mean? I had zero concept that I could say no. I was such a doormat trying to please everybody because I was so desperate for love and so neglected and abandoned and abused. And, you know, you want to do everything. Oh, you want me to be this way? Okay, I'll be this way. And I'm sure there's women out there who can relate to that. You, you become a chameleon for the yeah. person in front of you, right? I can. Mm -hmm. I, I had to unlearn all that. So I had to learn about codependency. I didn't know what that was either. I had to take the whole class on that. I had to learn about anger management because I, I, I laughed at the, the instructor. I said, I'm not angry. I'm the nicest person on the planet, right? There's no way. I don't need that class. And she said, just because you said that, you're taking the class. Because <laughs> anger comes out in sneaky ways. It comes out not necessarily as aggression, 
which I thought anger manifested like in violence, because that's all I know. But no, it comes out in depression. It comes out in 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 uh, eating habits or drinking habits or, or a whole bunch of you know self-esteem issues. I didn't realize how much anger that I was internalizing um, to, to my aggressors. Right. And um, another thing is learning to forgive. Not so much uh, the other the others that that uh, did things to me, but learning to forgive myself and living with myself in peace and in love, and learning how worthy I am that I'm not worthless like they thought that I've been told my entire life. Like it really, really was unlearning every single thing that was put in my brain until I was forty, and then I had to relearn who Kathy was. But the hardest part was accepting how freaking awesome I am. And I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that in an egotistical way. I'm just saying to for ladies out there who, who, who've experienced trauma to see your qualities first, right? That we have, we have such beautiful souls and we, we're such giving and to not base our, our opinions of ourselves on what other people think, right? We have to love ourselves, yeah. Does trauma kind of rob us of the ability to love ourselves because we were angry with ourselves for maybe allowing it to happen? Well, no. Well, first of all, anger is basically a mask for pain. It's easier yeah. to be angry than really allowing the pain to come through. And then, yes, self-love is something that we lose. I mean, when we're traumatized, the first thing that we lose is our sense of being in control because whatever happens has like the rug pulled out from underneath us. So we lose our sense of control, which is why there are so many perfectionists out there. Perfectionism is a trauma response or, you know, needing to be in control in any way possible. That's where abusers, you know, um, start to be even more abusive because it's easier to abuse, abuse someone, be in control of someone than to actually deal with their own emotions. So, but the beautiful thing is everything you want to be is already within you it's just buried so if you want to be more courageous that emote that is already within you lying dormant waiting to come up and what i love about the trauma healing that i do it's it brings to the surface the trauma releases it very quickly and who you really are is automatically coming to the surface you don't have to relearn you don't have to retrain you will become happier with every session you'll become freer and more outgoing more courageous and you just start to love yourself on such a deep level and once you reach that point no one can ever take this from you because you've gone through hell and back to heal and no one will be able to re-traumatize you it's impossible because your strength that you find in the process of healing that's forever isn't that the truth my yeah. god yeah like a, yeah i dare you well number one you don't tolerate it you see yeah. the red flags for what they are. You see when it's coming because you've been there, you, you know, and you've been so hurt that now you're, you're, you're more guarded. And man, I pay attention. Like when I'm with, with a man or, or, you know, going on a date or something like that, holy smokes, the hackles, not in an aggressive way, but I'm just really watching for the small cues. Mm -hmm. And um, will anyone ever re-traumatize me? No, not unless, exactly. you know, like, no. So, Sandra, how does intuitive trauma release work? Well, that's a good question. How can I explain that very easily? <laughs> it's being very intuitive, which means a lot of times I know exactly what my clients need to hear to have this aha moment that helps them shift. Mm -hmm. It's like a connection that I have with them, you know, and it's like almost like a dance. So they're saying something, I pick up on what they're saying, and I like... um I translate what they're telling me into something they can understand. And that makes sense to them. And they release that trauma because it's no longer needed because they understand it. Do they know they when they're doing this? Do they know even know about the trauma? Yes. Okay. Yes. The women that I work with, the beautiful thing is they are ready. Okay. You know, when you want to heal from, when you need to heal from trauma, you have to be ready for it. You have to say, okay, I've had enough. I want this gone. Okay. This has been in my life long enough. I have so much life to live. I don't want this trauma anymore. These are the women that I work with because they are ready and they will do whatever necessary to release that trauma. No matter how difficult it is, they will move through it and they do amazing. Now, when you go to a psychologist or a therapist, a lot of times you're not sure, am I ready for this? I know I have to, I know I need to. But when you're really ready and you immerse yourself, it's a whole new level of trauma healing. 
Do you see women um, that keep pushing themselves and pushing themselves and pushing themselves, refusing to even acknowledge that till the point, like you said, until they're ready? But yeah, when do yeah. they realize they're ready, right? There's, I, I find that in my own personal experience, and in, in I speak with thousands of women on, on this whole issue, that there has to be a turning point where finally you say, I can't deal with this anymore. I can't live with this inside. Something's got to go. Do you find that with the women that you work with, the people that you, your clients, that there, there's something in their life that occurs that, okay, this is enough, right? Yes. And this is when. Yes, most of them get so immensely triggered that everything comes rushing to the surface and I get overwhelmed and I say, okay, I need help. And with being intuitive, being spiritual, when those women start looking for trauma healing and they're meant to work with me, they're guided to me. And the message that I send out is resonating with them. So I know that the women I work with are meant to work with me because I'm the right fit for them. Because there's so many different ways to heal trauma. It's truly incredible. I mean, I do a traumatic incident reduction. It's the most amazing modality no one has ever heard of. <laughs> what is that? It's a modality created in the 1980s, the same with EMDR. Mm -hmm. But EMDR got like the scientific funding and everything. So for those yeah. who aren't familiar, what is EMDR and then what is traumatic incident reduction? EMDR is eye movement desensitization therapy, mm -hmm. which means you release triggers by just looking at it in a nutshell. Now, TIR is the same principle of releasing triggers. It's designed for people with deep trauma and PTSD. Okay. And it's more like coaching in a way that um, the facilitator asks questions. And it's a modality that's predictable because it's always the same. No matter which TIR facilitator you go to, it's always the same, which makes it easy for the client because they know what to expect. Yeah. And it's a modality that helps so fast, like five to six sessions, and you can release one traumatic event. And it's gentle because you start releasing mini triggers with every session through the questions. And then the very last session, when you go into the incident, you have released so many triggers already that it's just the very last trigger that is left. And once that is released, the trauma just falls away. There's no emotions attached to it. And let's say if I would say, well, I was raped. It's to me, it feels just like I would say, well, my floor is brown. No emotions attached to it. So you're really liberating yourself. It's not you. Like in therapy, you're often taught how to live with the trauma so that it doesn't right. affect your life anymore. But with TIR, we clear the trauma. It's not there anymore. It's gone. And this is a whole new level of trauma healing. I, for the longest time, I called myself a trauma survivor. Then I called myself a thriver. And I was like, I'm not even trauma thriver anymore. I used to be traumatized. I'm not. There's no trauma left. So there's really no, no new level to explain where I am because I used you know, to be a trauma survivor. I, ha I did uh, the EMDR like you were talking about. Uh, when, it, when I was in 2012, it was... Uh, the, the, the psychologist came into our, our women's center to do a, like a trial, see if it would work. And I was the one, one of the only ones that actually wanted to try it. The other women are, I don't know, they were too afraid or didn't want to visualize. I don't know. But for me, that was my saving grace was that EMDR. The, the counselor was asking me, you know, when, when did you first start to feel so unworthy? And immediately I go back to the memories of being molested in a foster home, like uh, three and four. And she, she started asking me, well, when have you ever felt worthy? And I was about to say never. <laughs> and in that moment, I, I, I had a flood. And I mean a flood, like a tidal wave of images, of memories that have been with me my entire life, but I hadn't really acknowledged. And they were all the moments, my spiritual moments, all the moments where God had intervened when I was trying to commit suicide. I don't know how many times. And, you know, there's always something that stopped it or, or the, the multiple, multiple, multiple times that my spirituality has come to me and saved me. And then I realized in that second, I'm like, oh my God, God thinks I'm worthy. So if God thinks I'm worthy. Who cares what man thinks? Like it's something shifted in my mind that it didn't matter what men thought anymore because clearly I should be dead, but I'm not. And clearly these images 
brought me to a, a, a recognition that I'm worthy in the eyes of God. And that's all that matters. And ever since that moment in 2012, I have been fine. I haven't uh, had, I, I don't care about opinions. I mean, I was married for eight years and I, I would ask what my husband at the time thought, but did I base my, my, my decisions on his opinion? No, there was a big shift mentally. And it has been my saving grace, that, that one moment in EMDR. And if anybody out there, um, if, you know, try, these are tools, are they not, Sandra, mm -hmm. right? Yes, what you are. do and what works for one doesn't necessarily work for another. That's why there's so many resources out there so that you can find the tool that's right for you. Exactly. Stay tuned for more of Women Road Warriors coming up. Trucking Moves America Forward, or TMAF, is building a positive image of trucking by telling the story of the hardworking drivers and industry professionals who support the industry. And you can be a part of it. Learn more about TMAF and how you can join and be a part of the industry movement working to build a strong image of trucking by visiting TMAF's website at truckingmovesamerica.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our latest channel, TikTok. Welcome back to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. Would you say it's it's really important for people to understand their trauma? I, I think that there may be a lot of people out there who don't even realize that they've had trauma. Many times, I, I think that our society does have a tendency to kind of downplay emotional trauma. Mm -hmm. An emotional abuse, which is devastating um, when oh. you're a child, uh, the, the messages you get. Do you think that that really needs to be explored more to get over trauma and finally release that luggage? I mean, it's a terrible uh, shroud people carry. Yeah, it is. A lot of people, a lot of times we don't realize that we're being traumatized because it was so insignificant. It could be something your parents said, like a bad grade in school, you know, not good enough. Or I know my parents always said self-pride stinks. So I wasn't allowed to be proud of myself because that was a bad thing. But I could be proud of everyone else, you know. And this was something that really stuck with me for a long time. Took a, lo a lot for me to get over, to release. Yeah. Being proud of what I do, being proud of what I've accomplished and really feeling that because it felt so icky you know but this is trauma but a little bit so what we are being taught to believe mm -hmm. that I always say anything that we were told to believe that dims our light is trauma good point no matter how big or small yeah and a lot of times it's a limiting belief so for example when I do TIR we do that for deep trauma like very intense trauma and the coaching that I do, the intuitive coaching, is the limiting beliefs, the self-sabotaging behavior, you know, what we brought up to believe about ourselves, and we release that through coaching, through challenging my clients to step out of their comfort zone, you know, so they can prove to themselves that this is not true, this is not who they are. And there's so many different layers. That's why I say trauma healing is multidimensional. Mm -hmm. Because, yes, you need the trauma healing to get to release the deep, see the trauma. But then you also have to go into the next level of unlearning, unbecoming who you were taught to be so that you can become who you actually are. And then the next level is ancestral and generational healing because so many wounds are passed down through generations that affect us immensely, the beliefs and the trauma that hasn't been released. And it's incredible what we, the baggages we carry around with us that are not even ours to have. And it isn't talked about in families, um, and quite often when you try to do some history on it, the people have died, so you can't talk to them, right. but you can only wonder, um, how did all of this evolve? <laughs> and, and, and even in a family, you could have uh, maybe two sisters, and, and one sister's going to, say, raise her kids one way, and one's going to raise her kids in a very abusive way. Mm -hmm. um, th there's no logic to any of it. No. And it is kind of like playing private detective when you're trying to figure out yourself so that you can heal. And then there's still those moments where there's a trauma you may not remember 
the brain won't let you. Right. Oh. It's interesting that you say that, Shelley, because I took uh, the first time around in that women's center, I, I had to take a 12-week sexual assault recovery group. There was just a very small group of us, mm-hmm. and I gave it my all. I mean, I, you know, I dug deep, and I thought I had it all out. And the second time around, when I went back, I had relapsed, and I couldn't figure out why I relapsed, and I thought I did it all. When I went back and I, I had to retake this 12-week, you know, sexual assault recovery class, well, son of a gun, if all of a sudden, now that I had gotten rid of the most of it, I uncovered more trauma that had been buried so deep that I had forgotten about it, that or I had pushed it away. So the second time around, it's like an onion. There's so many layers. And it took me a total of two years in that women's center to actually heal as a whole because there was layer after layer after layer. And I'm like, well, where did that come from? Right. And it's not because I didn't try. It's just because I had hidden it. So at the recesses of my mind. And I think um, the post-traumatic stress that comes from some of these deep layers. And like, like Sandra, I want to tell you, like, um, for me and for women out there, what I what worked for me because my 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 trauma was when I get these moments is to self talk my way through them because some when they hit you're not anywhere near resources that's just Murphy's law right right and so how do you help yourself so I'll give you an example um, I through like when I got the, the job in mining I here I am going with all these big tough heavy equipment operators these you know these big tough dudes and very, I was the third woman there it's very intimidating for me I mean I, I got man issues it's, you know, it was really hard for me to have a voice well that first month I'm coming through in this truck and here I'm driving through the intersection and I had to call ahead there are security guards because these trucks are so big and there's a lineup of trucks so on a, a little pickups, you know, because they blocked the road. So I, so my truck can come through. And lo and behold, at the middle of the intersection, here I get the worst post-traumatic flash in my life. Uh, it, it hit me from behind like a tidal wave so hard. It took my breath up right out of my lungs. And I went, <laughs> and I started to hyperventilate. And all I could see, I couldn't, I hear him driving in, in the intersection. I mean, in this monster. And I, I couldn't see the road i couldn't see the steering wheel all i'm seeing is the most humiliating moments of my life i'm hearing the screams and the name calling and it's like i could see the words formulating and i'm in the middle of the intersection and so the i did the only thing that i knew how um from you know from using my tools is i rolled down the window and i said oh hell no <laughs> and i took all that negativity and i tossed it out the window and i said my past does not define my future like whatever right but but the thing is i had a gaping hole inside now that was just throbbing with pain and so i had to replace the negative with a positive and i did the only thing i knew how is i'm looking by it it was like i was in a parade because there was pickups on both sides of the road so i did the queen wave <laughs> so i i'm blowing kisses and i'm like hi yeah it's kathy and i'm waving i'm blowing kisses it sounds stupid but in that moment i reclaim my power mm-hmm. and i what that negative i got it out out of me i got it out of my space i replaced it with something positive and strong and i said to all those uh, i won't curse but you know all those men that uh you know those people that had brought me down and said all these awful things that i was no good for nothing that i pollute the air that i'm a waste of skin you know yada 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 who's driving this truck who is driving this truck i'm like look at you kathy you're driving not them (laughs) you and ever since that moment that was nine years ago exactly um it's it's when when something happens to me because it still does because I, I got 10 years sober and I, I still struggle sometimes, but I have to self-talk my way out of it. I have to re-anchor my own personal beliefs on my not only my past, but all the fights that I did to get to where I am today. And I think, um, I think self-talk is a really good tool that isn't talked about enough, that isn't mentioned about to, to women who are, are struggling because, you know, you always want to go to a psychiatrist or a psychologist, whatever, which is great. But they aren't there 24 7, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, I talk to myself a lot. <laughs> uh, I have kind of, I go into my bedroom and I talk to the wall. 
when I'm frustrated. <laughs> and I say things nobody'd really want to be hearing. <laughs> and I tell off somebody or, you know, I, I have to release that. Is is that a, a healthy thing to do, Sandra? Is it a way for us to kind of take back some power sometimes that way or well, there is no right or wrong way on your healing journey. Whatever works for you, yeah. do that. Now for me, I'm also having the odd trigger come up every once in a while, but I use the trigger release formula that I help my clients understand. It's really, I try to understand the emotion that I'm feeling and then I follow the emotion and I ask myself, where did I feel like this before? It's kind of like what we do in TIR and EMDR. So the same process, going back to where did I feel like this before? And then I look at it and bring understanding to it. If I feel it's necessary, I send love to my younger self mm -hmm. and release that memory. And then I ask myself, okay, where else did I feel like this before? And I go back to the next memory and the next and the next until I get to the very first one and release it. And either the trigger gets easier if it's something intense or it just fades away and it's not necessary anymore. You know, it's interesting how these triggers can work because it... Uh, a trigger can come out of nowhere and mm -hmm. the hair on the back of your neck just stands straight up. Yep. Yes. You know, it could be something, a tone of voice or something you haven't heard in a long time, but bam. <laughs> and, and you know there's that memory there. It's still yes. there. Like, uh, like, was it the other day, a coworker decides he thought it was funny. He would hide behind. I was coming down the hall. He hid behind one of these big laundry baskets that was there and jumped out in front of me and screamed his head off and scared the living daylights out of me. Like I literally, I almost peed my pants. Um, I almost, I, I, I teared up because he was the aggression and it was a man and jumped out in front of me because my ex stalked me and he would, you know, all this stuff. Well, even it's been since 2007 that I left that guy. It's still there. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. It's still there. It's still raw. It's, I, it, it, I think it requires daily work. Um, it's, will it ever go away? I'm not sure. I think it's just the tools have become so ingrained now that it becomes a different kind of habit, right? But triggers, yeah, they're, they're, they're definitely there. And they sneak out, literally. <laughs> and I think yeah. it's a process, isn't it, of people trying to find answers to rediscover yeah. themselves? Is that part of the recovery to get rid of trauma and put it in its place? Because this has been, this is an assault on us from other mm -hmm. people where we lost ourselves, isn't it? Yes, mm -hmm. it is. You got to change the story, the story you're telling yourself. Do you agree, Sandra? Um, yes and no. <laughs> Since I do specific trigger release, making sure triggers don't come back, mm -hmm. I know that once a trigger is gone, the real us is coming to the surface on its own so we change in front of our own eyes simply by releasing the triggers but yes self-talk is very important because it helps us keep our spirits light and not going into the rabbit hole again yeah mm -hmm. because your mind will always believe everything you tell it right yeah, if you I tell yourself that oh it's all my fault maybe i dressed wrong maybe i you know i, I did something wrong or i'm no good it's good your mind believes that but if you feed it faith if you feed it truth if you feed it with love you're going to automatically uplift yourself very true because trauma victims tend to blame themselves yes because oh, yeah. that's the only thing that makes sense yeah, yeah. because when There's you think more. about it, if you are attacked it again we come back to the control thing you lose your sense of being in control so why would anyone do this to us when we when we're being traumatized like this we believe that humanity is good we would never expect that anything like this could ever happen to us so the mm -hmm. only thing that makes sense for a trauma survivor or the vic in the victim stage is that it was our fault but on the other hand when i was raped i wore sweatpants and a baggy t-shirt so not very <laughs> sexy at all. So, and still it happened. Right. But I slept over at a friend's house who I knew for a long time and trusted. So was it still my fault or was it because we were drinking and he just thought he could? You know, so there's this fine line like punishing, yeah, myself until I came to the point where I said, no, it wasn't my fault. But that takes a lot of courage to look at it and say, nope, it wasn't my fault. Stay tuned for more of Women Road Warriors, coming up. 
industry movement Trucking Moves America Forward is telling the story of the industry. Our safety champions, the women of trucking, independent contractors, the next generation of truckers, and more. Help us promote the best of our industry. Share your story and what you love about trucking. Share images of a moment you're proud of. And join us on social media. Learn more at TruckingMovesAmerica.com. Kathy DeCaro is nothing short of amazing. She not only drives the world's biggest truck as a heavy equipment operator in northern Alberta, Canada. She's an international motivational speaker and the author of Dream Big, an autobiography about overcoming a lifetime of trauma and abuse that led to dreams of success. Kathy inspires people the world over to change their lives and improve their self-worth. Her book will change your life. She's passionate about personal growth and believes anyone can change their circumstances and overcome their obstacles if they believe in themselves. Her life will amaze you and seriously inspire you. Be sure to order a copy of her book, Dream Big, on Amazon.com. Welcome back to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. I think women are kind of conditioned too to believe it is their fault when when they have questions. If somebody has assaulted them, what were you wearing? You know, exactly. I know, right? I mean, it, that's not even a question that should be asked. Uh, an assault is an exactly. assault. It doesn't matter yeah. what somebody's wearing. And two, when when children are growing up and they're being emotionally assaulted or physically assaulted by people, they want to and believe they can trust that mm-hmm. causes so much disruption um in the in their minds yeah um, it really does and, and that's traumatizing right there and they have to be in a state of hyper vigilance right yes and they're being so conditioned and this will they will carry this into relationships because it's like they don't know any better and we're all brought up the way we are when you talk to a child who has been abused they don't even know they've been abused yes right and that's a scary thing they think it's normal yeah exactly this is so sad i mean my mother always was beaten by my grandmother but she says she swore she would never beat me and my sister she never did but she gave us a silent treatment Mm. and the silent treatment did so much to my self-esteem It's unbelievable. I was so afraid of speaking up, speaking my mind, worried that people would get angry or not talk to me if I would give my opinion. I lost my voice because of that silent treatment. But my mother didn't see it as abuse because she didn't beat us. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's always a slippery slope. Mostly, most of the time, parents don't even realize what they're doing. Sure, it's their conditioning. Yes, exactly. But you can only realize that and have compassion for your parents once you heal your own trauma and you rise above it. Then you can look back and say, yeah, now I understand why my parents did what they did. But is it normal to go through some anger as you're trying to go through that process? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's usually in the survivor stage. I mean, the victim stage, you're just still so in the trauma. You are just still the victim and replay the story in your mind over and over again. Try to make sense of it and ultimately blame yourself for whatever happened, no matter how big or small the trauma was. But then when you get into a survivor stage, you are starting to get angry because you realize it wasn't your fault and this was done to you. But the anger is just a mask for pain, like I said, for pain and judgment, because you judge yourself, you're angry at yourself for allowing this to happen. Mm -hmm. You will basically punish yourself for not saying no or not pushing that guy away or not doing more, even though that's ridiculous because in the moment there was nothing you could have done. And this is what I see with my clients, the hardest to get through to them, not to punish themselves because they had no choice. What happened happened exactly the way it did happen and nothing could have changed that. Mm -hmm. This is a hard lesson to really release that notion that we could have done something different because you can't go back in time, not yet at least. (laughs) Who knows, in a few hundred years maybe. Right. But you can't make it unhappen. So punishing yourself is you're re-traumatizing yourself. There's a whole new level of trauma because you're punishing yourself. You're the one person you can never get away from. 
Right. So you can treat yourself so horribly and there is nothing you can do. You treat yourself worse than you would allow any friend to treat you. Sure. And this is something that I always shift with my clients, that instead of punishing themselves, they start to have compassion for themselves, love themselves, respect every part of themselves, embrace themselves, and especially the part from them that is hurting to really release. Because if we can love ourselves, who can? Trauma victims tend to run away from themselves or basically beat on themselves, don't they? Yes, they do yeah. a lot. It's the only way to mask the pain without having to look at what happened, not to relive it. So we punish ourselves, mm -hmm. put pain on pain. It's the only thing we know. And so it's easier to live like this with punishment for ourselves because then we don't have to put, because we cannot punish the, our abusers. It would be nice if we could, but that isn't always realistic. Yes. And really, is this the best choice? Right. I mean, an eye for an eye is not always the best thing because ultimately True. your abuser will get away with it and you end up in jail. Right. So, yeah, justice system is not always fair. No, it's not. But really, it's not about the abuser. It's about the story. When I try and explain to my clients how we can release, I always draw a picture. There's like a circle in the middle. That's a situation. Then there's on the left side is you and on the right side is the abuser. Now, you cut yourself off from that situation, and the situation together with the abuser falls away. So you don't have to go all around to the other side of the circle and get rid of the abuser, you know, or cut them off from the situation. No, you release the whole situation, and the abuser is gone as well. It's much easier and faster. And so, yeah, we're trying, we're always trying to go back into the story and try and change it. But we cannot change what happened. We can only change how we react to it. Very true. I think we're trying to figure it out and make sense of it, too. That That's yes. part of the whole process. Right. So where can people reach you? Uh, I, I would assume you work with people remotely, correct? Yes, I do. Well, yes, I do work over Zoom. Sometimes if they're in the area, I work from home with them, but that's usually rare. I enjoy Zoom for... The main reason is that my clients don't have to leave their safe space, can be at home and then after the session process it, they don't have to drive and then go over it in their mind and it's much safer, much more relaxing, much more peaceful. And this way I can work with people all over the world and I love it. Where people can reach me is through my website, riseaboveyourstory.com. I'm of course on Facebook under Rise Above Your Story. I'm on LinkedIn under Sandra Poos. Uh, Instagram, not so much. <laughs> I still haven't figured that one out. But I would love to connect with people. And if anyone is interested in my book, it's available on Amazon and on Barnes & Noble. And I'm always here for questions, chatting with people, and seeing how I can help. And how do you spell your last name, just in case people don't know? It's C-O-O-Z-E. And your website again? riseaboveyourstory.com. I love that. Thank you. It really is. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a, a rebirth. Find yourself. What is it, uh, Kathy? You have a phrase, uh, uh, not aspire higher. What is it? Um, it's uh, vibrate higher. There, there. Yes. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, vibrate higher. Because well, there's always negativity that's going to be around you. you. Instead of falling into that, because you can, just vibrate mm -hmm. higher. Just bring yourself above whatever's going on, and it changes everything. It works. It just, it works. That's wonderful. I really enjoyed talking with you, Sarah. Oh, my God. This was this so good. As did I. Thank you so much. There's so much. Uh, the message is just stuff it. Don't talk about it. It didn't happen. Deny it. Uh, just get over it. That's exactly. so much needs exactly. to change. Yep. <laughs> and then you have broken adults who don't know how to have a fulfilling, empowering relationship who just get trigger after trigger after trigger and they're miserable have no idea why. And it's interesting how parents can maybe treat one child differently than the other. Mm -hmm. So the outcomes are different with the kids too. Yes. Mm -hmm. You can have an empath and a narcissist in the same family. And it'd be really interesting to see that. How one child can turn out this way, another child can turn out that way, and they had the same parents. Can I? Uh, I want to end on uh, on something positive. I, I have a board that's uh, right across my desk as I'm looking at it, and as I'm listening, you know, as you know, I'm thinking. I came across a, a text that a, a young girl 
had messaged me. Um, she attended one of my workshops and she's allowed me to, to share it when I need it. Can I read it to you guys? Sure. Okay. Um, this young girl attended one of my workshops and I, I had no idea that she had been assaulted at all. She was 18. Anyway, so this is what she texted me and, I, and I, I made a screenshot and I cut it out and I laminated it and it's here on my board. And it says, Kathy, I just wanted to say thank you. I was thinking back on everything today and thinking about everything I've overcome, how things have been going lately and how different they are today rather than a year ago. This is when I met her. I have you to thank. I thought I was never going to live down being raped. I never thought I'd make something out of myself again. I never thought I was going to find my strength and pull myself up over and over again. I thought I made it as far as I could as I possibly could. I used to have thoughts about suicide over and over again, thinking maybe that just maybe I would pull, put, put the end to the constant triggers and flashbacks. But after meeting you and seeing how strong you were and how you keep fighting and how successful you've become, it gave me faith again to try harder, to get back up again and give it another go. Here I am. Over a year later, when I personally didn't think I was going to live another year and things couldn't have been better, goals have been chosen and achieved. It says, I want to, th to thank you and that I can get up back and where I need to be. Yeah. Wow. You know, and, I, and I have these things um, like um, everywhere just to remind myself that, you know what, that what we do and what you do, Sandra, I don't know if you can keep some of these. Um, it's important because sometimes we think we're alone but we're, we're so not. Um, it, it's just the ripple effect that Sandra, that you create worldwide. Sometimes we don't see it. The ripple effect that I create worldwide. I don't see it, but it's when I get little random messages like this, that I'm like, this is why I do what I do. Right. Yes. Like it's just, it's so important to keep doing what we do and everybody out there who's doing their own in their own community. It doesn't have to be major, like, you know, publicly, it can, it can just be given a hug to your sister who who's been traumatized or your cousin or your nephew or whoever. Right. Yeah. And I, I really believe that in order to change a community, to help something grow, you have to help at least one woman because that one woman is going to help her daughter, her sisters, her nephews, her mother, uh, you know, er the, the cousins, everything. And that is how healing begins with one person. It's very true. Yes, it does. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's powerful. Thank you, Thank for, you sharing for sharing that, that Kathy. Right. And I think it's important for, for people to recognize the good that we do and not just focus on the mistakes. Right. Yes. And because and, right. it's too easy to see that. Yeah. Right? Yep. But, That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. When, when we give to others too, when you can see their growth and in their, uh, even if they don't say anything, it, you really, right. you can't help but feel, wow, you know, this is why I'm here. I mean, it's a sense of purpose and paying it forward. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the way it should be. It's yeah. very true. Mm -hmm. Well, this has been wonderful, Sandra. So good. Thank you so much. I had so much fun. It was, it's weird saying you have fun talking about trauma, but once you've healed, you see it from a different yeah, perspective sure. and sharing your knowledge is just such a blessing. Yeah. So ladies listening, anybody listening, reach out to Sandra, reach out to Shelly, reach out to myself, yeah. to the show, whoever, but reach out to someone, get the help that you need. Sandra, you've been phenomenal. You. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. You've been listening to Women Road Warriors with Shelly Johnson and Kathy Takaro. If you want to be a guest on the show or have a topic or feedback, email us at info at tncradio.live. Thank you for listening to another great interview on tncradio.live. All of the material you hear on tncradio.live on our website, our broadcasts, or our podcasts are copyrighted. There can be no distribution without the express consent of tncradio.live and its partners. For inquiries, write us at info at tncradio.live.